Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper episode 54 of our 24 minute recaps. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on all platforms at YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave a review if you'd like, follow us on Spotify, and of course to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dime Dropper Pod. And TikTok of course, we just got on there, just announced on Instagram and, and Twitter that we are on TikTok at Dime Dripper Pod for quicker videos and shorter clips. Still haven't posted those. Sports Me app as well. Download the Sports Me app uh, where you can actually respond to my takes. So let's get into it. Not a good night for Los Angeles tonight. Both of our teams falling to solid opposition. The Clippers falling to the Celtics in Boston. The Suns beating the Lakers here in LA. I'm going to start with the Clips against the Celtics. And, you know, I was, I was excited for this game. I heard that Jalen Brown came back, so I figured, you know, we're going to have a fully healthy team for the Clips versus a fully healthy Celtics besides Marcus Smart. And I was disappointed to hear that Kawhi Leonard was not to be found before the game, and they diagnosed him with back spasms. So another game missed by one of our stars... I'm not going to call it load management. I genuinely believe he was, you know, feeling back spasms before the game. But how do we find out right at, right before the game? Is there no shoot around? Is there no practice yesterday? Like, how do we not? How are we finding this out right before the game? You know, it, it's, it's getting ridiculous. All these players missing games. I've talked about it so many times. And I don't want to beat a dead horse. But it's like, what is going on here? When are we, we're never, we're never going to get rhythm with Kawhi and Paul George missing games all the time. We're never, it's never going to happen. We can they not play 20 consecutive games without injury? Can they not? Is that an impossible thing to ask now to not play 20 games in a row? Because it just kills our rhythm. I fully believe we could have won this game if we had Kawhi tonight. Uh, I mean, but whatever, let's get into it. I mean, this this we came out okay. Tristan Thompson was really getting going on the inside early. Jalen Brown was getting going early, getting into his, you know, mid-range area, hitting his threes. But I thought we bounced back very well from that early Celtic run. Nick Batum was in some nice shots, one-legged off the glass, I'm pretty sure. Then he had a three. Paul George really got going in that first half. He was unguardable, and he was hitting his jumper. He was getting to the rim. They really had no answer for Paul. I thought Lou was pretty decent as well. And I thought that when we went zone towards the end of the second quarter, it really let the Celtics take some bad shots. They missed some easy shots, especially Tatum in that first half. But we got them to take some bad shots, and it led to us having a 63-62 to 62 advantage after uh, the first half. Paul George had 21 points in the first half. And I just thought that that zone, you know, we've talked about this with the Celtics, guys. They're one of our dime dropper teams, too. We've talked about it since the glorified summer league. They really struggle with zones because Tice does not really convince anybody from that mid-range area. And a lot of times Tatum will just resort to getting a screen and coming around it for a tough shot. And that's not how you break a zone. And as we said in multiple times in 
so many videos. And as we talked about in Is the NBA Getting Better and Better, teams have trouble beating 2-3 zones in today's NBA for I don't know what reason. But anyway, we go to the second half, and Reggie Jackson was just fantastic. I thought that because Paul George was getting double teamed, it was the the Celtics were throwing two guys at Paul George on every screen, which was allowing the rest of the guys to get into four-on-three situations. And man, I got to give a shout-out to Reggie Jackson. You know, he has been so incredible because of Ty Lue. You know, remember we talked about in the beginning of the season, he got benched, and it, it set a precedent. You know, if you don't play well enough, you are going to sit on the bench. And Reggie Jackson bounced back, and he has been so much smarter since then. He sticks to doing what he does best. Catching and shooting and not trying to just go one-on-one thinking he's Allen Iverson. Picking his spots a lot better. Tonight, Reggie was 10 of 14 from the field, 5 of 6 from 3, and he had 7 assists. Every single time Paul George made, you know, saw two defenders, he passed it to Reggie or Bev or Serge and and Batum. And for the most part, they all made the right play. Batum, 3 assists. Serge, 2 assists. Beverly, 2 assists. Reggie, 7. And BG, 4. Lou with 4 as well. And Zoo with 3. So 28 assists as a team. The Celtics had 25, so we won that battle. I thought we moved the ball well. And Paul George's, you know, attracting of two guys was great. But what happened was because of that, Paul George seemed to go a little cold. And in the fourth quarter, we had a, you know, we had a one-point lead going into it. It was the same story as always. You know, I thought Marcus Morris Sr., by the way, prayers up to Sr. He was having a really good game again against his former team. Four of seven from the field and two of four from three. He had 10 points, but he had a concussion. So I think it was late. I don't know if it was late in the third or somewhere in the second. It was, I think it was in the first half. He only played 15 minutes, so I'd assume that was in the first half for my memory. So prayers up to senior. I hope we get him back. That was tough to see. Zubots, when the Time Lord was in, once again, he really struggles with defending pick and rolls when there's a really good lob threat. I think that's what it is. If somebody can get in the air like a Gobich, like a DeAndre Jordan, like a Time Lord... Zubat struggles to drop and show on the ball handler and then recover in the air. By the time he's recovering, the ball's in the air, the lob's through the basket. The Time Lord, who I think has been the Celtics, I think best big per minute, is starting to get slightly more minutes. And it's huge for the Celtics. His energy, his intensity makes such a difference. Tonight, 13 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, and 3 blocks. Tristan Thompson was decent as well. I think the Time Lord was a bit better though. Tristan finished with 13 points and 9 rebounds on 6-10 to 10 from the field. But Zubats was struggling there. I thought offensively he was decent, though. Eight points, ten boards, three assists, four of six. Lou, he was playing pretty well. And then he, I don't know, just periods of the fourth quarter, Lou and Paul George, you know, it, it went to stagnant ball again. And, you know, I see a lot of people taking a go at Ty Lou. I see people taking a go at the players. I'm mostly going to blame the players because here's the thing. We asked for... For a new coach. And Ty Lue's been great. So if you're seeing the same problems with a new coach, that should probably tell you it's on the players. Paul George just went cold. And you know, everybody can see it. I think it was uh, one of the beat writers was tweeting that the last five shots we got or so, like four of them were Paul George threes and he was one of four. Like that was exactly, this game was exactly what he did in that OKC Portland series. No Clipper fans want to admit it because, um, 
because they didn't actually watch the series in depth because they weren't caring about Paul George yet before he was on the Clippers. But that's exactly what he did. He played well, and in the second half, he fizzled out, just like the bubble, because he falls in love with threes. Oftentimes, because in my opinion, he goes up very weak when he goes to the basket. Like, he don't go up strong sometimes. But also, the refs need to start showing Paul George a little more respect. I think it's gotten a little ridiculous. They call such touch fouls on LeBron. They give Kawhi more respect, and Paul George can get to the basket more. Not even LeBron. I mean, you got other guys. Luka Doncic, James Harden, like... Give Paul George, I mean, come on. But anyway, I think Paul was, you know, he made his own bed tonight. He took some bad shots. He went cold. And part of that was because the Celtics started switching and putting Tatum on him more. And you know that's what's going to happen. Teams are going to save their best defenders for the end of the games to guard the opposing best players. And it's our job to execute better than that. You know, it's, again, the same problem. But to be honest, I'm not that angry. I know he got outscored by six in the, sec- in the you know, fourth quarter. I thought that Jalen Brown was pretty good, 18 points on 8 of 14. If you're a Celtics fan, though, a really bright spot is that Kemba Walker has had a couple good games in a row. This is the third win in a row for the Celtics, 117-112. I thought the end of the game was really hard to watch. They kept stopping it every five seconds. The clips came closer, but ultimately there was a large stretch of that fourth quarter where we couldn't score, and the Celtics went up 10, and that's where we lost the game. And largely, the execution was just poor. We struggle when teams switch everything and just kept, you know, keep shooting threes. We have a serious problem closing games. You know, one of our subscribers, Rashid, said to me, uh, tweeted, you know, our stars haven't shown that they can close the games at a high level. And this is, this is what it's all about. This is where the championships are won. You know, I don't care if you have an efficient night and you don't give us the win at the end. I'd rather you shoot 8 of 20 and then win at the end of the game. Like, how many times did we see Kobe go 8 of 19 or 7 of 20 and then he would come at the end and he would finish the job? That's all that matters. I want the win. So we got to do a much better job closing games or we have zero shot at winning the championship or even, I don't know, getting out of the second round if we play the Lakers is going to be extremely tough. But at the end of the day, Kawhi Leonard missing games is the biggest problem here. And nobody wants to admit it because they're like, oh, we just want to be healthy for the postseason. The postseason where we're going to be out of rhythm because we have not played as many games as the Utah Jazz or, say, the Phoenix Suns who are starting to get a lot more continuity in chemistry as we're going to segue into them in a second. And, you know, we just... We need to build, like we were on a run in the beginning of the season because our players were playing. And you know, that kills chemistry, man. Now the Clippers are down to the fourth seed in the Western Conference because our players cannot stay on the court. It's the simplest, biggest problem with our team. And it's it's like we, we got rid of Blake Griffin and Kawhi Leonard to bring Kawhi, uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. You know, that are also injured, you have injury history. Like we just can't get away from these injury stars. But... Yeah, I see a comment about Luke Kennard. I feel bad for him, too. I think he should be getting more minutes. Ty's been very harsh on him. And, by the way, just to respond to one of the comments, Big Daddy, Paul George is an accomplished player in this league. He gets to the basket. He should get the same calls that Devin Booker gets. What has Luka Doncic done? You want to talk about superstar calls? What has Luka Doncic done? What has Giannis done more than Paul George? Paul George has taken a championship team to seven games in the playoffs, and he's taken two... Miami Heat, Heatles teams to conference finals, like tough series. He deserves that. He's a veteran in this league. But anyway, that's it for the clips tonight. 24 and 13 is what we fall to. You got to give the Celtics credit for getting three wins in a row. 18 and 17. A special shout out to Peyton Pritchard. Uh, he was very solid tonight, hitting some deep bombs that honestly we'll, we're going to live with because he doesn't hit those that consistently. But we know he can shoot 14 points on 5 of 8 on 4 of 7 from 3 from Peyton. 
So a great win for the Celtics. They sweep the Clips in the season series. Does that piss me off? Yes. But my Celtics fans, friends, I think are so down bad right now that they don't even talk shit to me about that because our record's better. And ultimately, the regular season doesn't really matter much in basketball. And no, I mean, it does. But at the same time, in terms of like the end game, it doesn't. It's all about chemistry and rhythm. But anyway, let's move on to the next game. The Phoenix Suns and the Lakers. Of course, no, we heard no Kuzma before the game. No Marc Gasol. This was, I'm pretty sure, the first game the Lakers played this season without Marc Gasol. And you know who started in place of him was Mon Trader against the skilled big man, which we thought could cause problems. DeAndre Ayton, and it did in the beginning of the game. The Celtics were going, I'm sorry, the Celtics. The Suns were going to it. Ayton was getting what he wanted. Jump hooks, turnarounds. He did miss some chippies after that, though, like the same type of shots. Devin Booker was getting to the basket. The Suns were getting what they wanted. They led by 8 after 1, 29 at 21. That the Lakers were turning the ball over a bit much. But in the second quarter, I thought THT and Markeith Morris gave some nice sparks off the bench for the Lakers. Markeith, you know, had this one nice turnaround over Chris Paul, took advantage of the mismatch. THT at two threes in a row. The game was much closer at this stage of the game. KCP, extremely quiet again tonight. I thought the Laker role players in the first half were the reason why they were staying in the game because they were making their open threes. Caruso was 2 of 3 from 3 tonight. THT was 2 of 5 from 3 tonight, but I'm pretty sure some of those... I know at least one of those misses came in the first half. So he was doing well shooting the ball in the... uh, I'm sorry, I think one of those misses came in the second half, THT. So he was doing well shooting in the first half. And then someone who I thought brought a really nice uh, impact to the Lakers in the first half, who I'm surprised didn't go with much more uh, later in the game, was a guy I don't like, but I'll give him his credit, Jared Bumley. He was making some really great rotations and help and recover on Dario Saric in the first half, changing his shots at the rim, being physical with him, causing turnovers. He may have even gotten a strip. Jared Dudley, he had zero points, but he was plus nine on the court. I think it's because he got three fouls in like 11 minutes, but he was plus nine on the court, which was the highest plus minus of any Laker. He was actually decent in his minutes. So the Lakers go into the half and they're down by seven points. But the third quarter is when the game got a little fishy. You know, LeBron was really, I thought he was really solid. I don't think he was that great shooting the ball from the outside. He was really getting what he wanted towards the basket and around the basket more. And then he started to hit a little bit more later in the game from deep. But I thought, also though, I thought the Suns at times still made it tough for LeBron. They still made him, you know, make some reads that weren't great. You know, for example, he only had six assists tonight. That's for a reason. It wasn't just all wide-open shots missed by the Lakers. I mean, 11 of 31, 35% from three is about standard. I think that's about their average, if not maybe even a little more. So I thought that they did a good job. I think they – sometimes they just – I think they let LeBron get to the rim sometimes, and then other times, you know, they did allow – it was a mix. It was The Suns gave him a mix. Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges did decent jobs when they were on him. But I thought in the second half, the game really – it seemed like there was going to be a big momentum shift – when they threw Devin Booker out of the game. I mean, what was up with that? I mean, I'm not even going to go crazy anymore because I've just come to the conclusion that this NBA is just a complete clown convention with this with this officiating and the way the game is called. You know, another ejection for a hard pass out of frustration to a bad call or a call. The, JJ uh, Redick a couple of games ago, and then we have now Devin Booker. And it's just absolutely ridiculous. I thought they were going to ruin the game. And it really, I mean, we don't want to see Devin Booker out. He got two technicals on the same play. We, I couldn't read his lips. I saw that he said one thing. They gave him a T. And then he said something back to that ref. And there was a guy from behind, another ref, 
that threw him out of the game. I mean, it's just ridiculous, man. So many stoppages. Like, this shit is a joke. And it was just a poorly officiated game the whole way. The Lakers got some bad calls that went against them. The Suns. I mean, it's just garbage. Every single night, there's bad calls. Every single night, there's a bunch of players missing. Adam Silver, man. Don't like what he's done to this league. Don't like what he's done to this league. But anyway, I thought the game was going to ch- was gonna change the second Booker got ejected. But you got to give the Suns a lot of credit. They are a well-coached team. They have hit stride as a unit. Next man up attitude. And Chris Paul didn't even need to go off. It was the small ball lineup of the Phoenix Suns that really made the difference. A lot of Jay Crowder, a lot of Mikhail Bridges, a lot of Chris Paul, a lot of Abdul Nader, a lot of Cam Johnson, and a lot of Dario Saric. And... The Lakers, by the way, I have to make a shout out. Damian Jones came in in the first half, and I thought he was everywhere. He was affecting shots of the basket. He got a block. He scored four points, seven minutes, and he's two for two, and he only plays seven minutes. He was plus one. And Wes Matthews plays 23. KCP plays 31. They both didn't really do anything. I thought Wes Matthews' defense was solid, but 0 of 2, 0 of 1 from 3 just doesn't really offer much offensively. It's safe to say he's just a little washed and just doesn't bring much to the table for the Lakers, in my opinion. I don't know. Laker fans, you can answer me how you feel about that. But KCP has been in such a slump, I mean, over this last month or so. You know, he was great in January, and then February came, and then just down the hatch. KCP has really struggled. He's not involved in games. I don't know how much that's on him, how much that's on the team, but it's just, they're so, it's just, he's having a tough time. One of seven from the field. I thought Dennis Schroeder, he turned the ball over a bit too much for me tonight, and he shot a a couple ill-advised threes and just missed a couple of shots that he usually hits. Six of 17 from the field for Dennis, two of five from three, but it's the small ball lineup that the Lakers, that the Suns went to. It really spread the Lakers out. They had no rim protection underneath. It makes you question, if you're the Lakers, should you, if you're Vogel, people were criticizing Vogel a lot on Twitter tonight. Do you think Damian Jones and Montrader should have been put back in the game to give a little bit of that inside presence because he became very perimeter-oriented for the Lakers, and he became a lot of just LeBron, 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 and LeBron was hitting. But there was other times where LeBron, you know, one possession late in that game where he was dribbling the air out of the ball like usual, put up a three and missed. Uh, I thought LeBron overall, though, did his job. Laker fans, you can let me know what you think of that. I think he was great. 38 points on 16 to 24 from the field and 3 of 8 from 3. But as a common trend with LeBron's career, a lot of times when he goes up for big scoring nights, the team doesn't win. It's just something about the way teams game plan him. He's more effective doing that little bit of everything. And tonight he got what he got, but the Lakers, I just don't think that... I mean, of course, without Kuzma and, of course, Anthony Davis and Marcus Gasol, you've got to say the Lakers are shorthanded. But that small ball lineup really killed them. Dario Saric, who struggled in the first half... He was dominating in the second half with that small lineup, whether it was Morris under the basket on him or he got guys on switches. A lot of times, Wes Matthews, Caruso, he was dominating. He was dominating on the inside. you got to love that from Saric. He's cerebral. He has the ability to stretch it from the outside, but also on certain smaller guys, he can go down low. No Frank the Tank Kaminsky actually tonight, but I guess it was a coach's decision, but... 21 points for Dario, plus 13, even though he got off to a slow start with Dudley, like, locking him up. Five boards, three assists. Aiton finished with 17 on five and five boards. Chris Paul only had eight points, 10 assists, though, which tells you how well-rounded this team is. I thought Jay Crowder and Mikhail Bridges were awesome. Both ends of the floor. Mikhail, 19 points, six rebounds, and five assists. Six to 10 from the field and three of six from three. And Jay Crowder... 15 points, 5 of 8. He was knocking down his open shots. Some that were not even, they were semi-contested and he still hits it. He's great at those catch-and-shoot threes. And then 
He played some tough defense. He was hustling. I thought the Suns' energy level was great. And I think right now they're just a motivated team. You know, you with the Suns, we've been covering them all season. You know what you're going to get from Jay Crowder effort-wise. You know what you're going to get from Chris Paul effort-wise. Even You know, I said it so many times at the beginning of the season. I know what Chris Paul does. He is not the type of player that just takes a game off. You know, that's part of the reason he does get injured uh, a good amount is when he plays, he plays. And he that's very rare that he's going to roll over and die. And... You know that, Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder, Devin Booker has never made the playoffs. So you know he's hungry. This Suns team is not going to lay over and die. And Abdul Nader did a great job. He played great defense, and he hit his open threes, I thought. Or Abdul Nader, and speaking it correctly, he was fantastic, I thought, in this game. Two of five from the field, two of three from three, eight points. But he was big in the second half and helped the Suns build a little lead. The Phoenix Suns come away with the victory against the small ball Lakers, 114 to 104. By the way, THT again, off ball awareness on defense, very lacking. He had a decent game scoring the ball, 16 points on six of nine and two of five from three, but two turnovers as well and not extremely alert defensively. So the Lakers drop now to 24 and 12. The Suns are now 23 and 11. They now currently sit as the second seed in the Western Conference. That is incredible. I predicted the Suns to be the fifth seed in the Western Conference, but they're even exceeding my expectations for them. It's again, it's just like last year with uh, OKC with Chris Paul. I said, you know, they may not be an easy out, but they completely surpassed my expectations and became a playoff team. And it was in very similar fashion, too, because it was funny because last season in the beginning, Chris Paul was decent. You were like, oh, he's all right. I just don't know how good the team's going to be. They'll be decent, but I don't know. And then all of a sudden, you give it like 15, 20 games, Chris Paul's teams just hit stride and boom. You know, they seem like they're overachieving with the talent they have. Not to say the Suns aren't talented, but this is definitely a little bit overachieving. At this point, I know I said they're my second favorite team in the league, but they got to chill out now, man. They got to chill out. They're getting too good now. They're so motivated. And, and man, I, gotta, I love Chris Paul. He really does this to teams. Uh, do I think that Gen Z gives him too much credit? Absolutely. The Gen Z bots love CP3. I love CP3 too. He's my favorite player ever. But people really overrate him because he's like the only great pass first point guard they've seen in their lives, some of these kids. So that can be a little bit of an overrating sometimes. And he does change teams. But shit, man. At this point, you know, I mean, we'll see what happens in the playoffs with this Suns team. However, I'm happy for them. What I want, though, is I want the Suns to get the three seed and we get the two seed in an ideal world. We, I don't want to see the Lakers in the second round, but it may have to come to that. And it is what it is. I just think the Clippers, like, they just don't have it. And if they have it, we're going to find out. Like, there's there's no – talent-wise, I think we should beat everybody, but I just don't trust Kawhi Leonard and Paul George down the stretch to get the job done for us. It's straight up. Uh, I want to briefly – I want to briefly um, shout out or mention the one of our Dime Dropper teams just fired their head coach, Lloyd Pierce. I've said all season long, but I've put most of the blame on Trey as the floor general because I'm not a big blaming coaches guy. However, I'm behind the firing. I think they need to find a way to get John Collins involved better. I think they need to make Trey Young, you know, move without the ball, discipline his ass. But anyway, so I heard they played tonight, but I saw their game against Miami. It was pathetic. I thought Trey was not that great again. They have, they were rattled by a full court press, a straight up full court press. Great for Eric Spolster. I loved seeing that. That's more old school. Switching it up, and that zone completely threw the Hawks out of their game, despite the fact that I thought John Collins played great. They completely collapsed in the last three minutes of the game. 
Kendrick Nunn was fantastic in that game. But even without Jimmy Butler, for them to lose, I think that was the last draw in Lloyd Pierce's coffin. But there's a lot of time left. And I think Trey Young needs to adjust and play like a leader and play like a real point guard. But that being said, even in the ball-dominant Trey Young strategy, they should be beating these weaker teams. I'd hope Bogdanovich and DeAndre Hunter come back soon because I do want the Hawks to make the playoffs. I said they'd be the ninth seed. So, But the Wizards aren't above them right now. It's Charlotte and Chicago and these weaker teams. So there's no excuse for that. So we've hit the limit, guys. 24 minutes. I'm going to go on to the live subscribers now, but a tough night for the Clippers. If you're a Clipper fan, guys, we just got to hope that our guys get healthy. They need to be healthy. It's unacceptable how much they're missing games because that's the only reason we're losing so much. Uh, besides the fact that they need to figure out how to close games better. For the Lakers, I think they're fine. I think Vogel was just naive a bit tonight. That small ball lineup just didn't work. They had no rim protection. LeBron needed a bit more assistance. But, hey, that's what's going to happen when you have AD out. This was going to be a tough period for the Lakers regardless. So, you got to take the punches. As long as they stay within that top four range, I think you're straight if you're the Lakers. That's it for tonight, guys. Peace out. Make sure to go check out why Kobe Bryant's Lakers lost to NBA Finals because it's a good one, and I'm going to come out with the winning side very soon. Peace. Super Chat's turned on if you want to drop a dollar or a dime.